we could all stand together, please, and turn to page 164, Nothing But the Blood. Being a pastor, I've got to get in here just a little bit, even on the teen night. Amen. But uh, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our young people. We thank you that they're willing. And uh, Lord, we also thank you they're a little nervous, a little scared about standing up in front of this group. Lord, we just ask that your blessings would be upon each song, each part that is done tonight in the preaching of your word, that you would be honored and glorified in all that's said and done. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, this is the last you'll hear of me until the invitation time. So remain standing, and Andrew, come lead us in the next song. Please turn to page 170, Saved by the Blood.
by the blood of the crucified one. The angels rejoicing because it is done. Our child of the Father, join here with the Son. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. Save, save. My sins are all pardoned. My guilt is all gone. Save, save. I'm saved by the blood of the crucified one. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. The Father, he spake, and his will it was done. The price of my pardon, his own precious son. Saved by the blood of the crucified one.
may not know me or visitors or something. My name is Anita Berry, and I was um, I was saved in the year 2000. I've been saved about six years now, um, and I've been attending this church a little longer than that. Um, before I was saved, it was kind of off and on. Um, but pastor asked me to come and give a testimony um, about what God's been doing in my life. Um, and that's a very broad topic. Uh, it could involve a lot of things, and I can, I mean, I guess talk for the whole service about things that God has done, because God is such a great God, not that, I mean, that I'm anyone special or anything, but um, God is just so um, marvelous and, and merciful and gracious to, to me. Um, I see it very much in my life. Um, but... I, I'm also a, st a student at Heartland Baptist Bible College. I'm a third-year missions major, and the I, I kind of went to school thinking that I'm going to do a whole lot for God, and thinking that I just I want to serve God. I want to give Him something because He gave me everything, and I need to give Him something. You know, my life, anything. Um, and there was something that I learned in school that I thought was kind of interesting. Actually, God hasn't really asked me to do anything for him. He's actually, everything he's ever asked me to do, he's asked me to do with him. Um, and I think one of the, the greatest ways God's been working in my life just recently is just really showing me that I need to live my life with him instead of just for him. Um, because he's always there, and he's very personal, um, and he cares, and he knows everything about about myself, about you know any struggles that I might have in my family, or any any um, um, looking at maybe the lives of people I care about and how they mess up, or or just being disappointed in a person, but knowing that God's always with me. And that he doesn't just want to be my, my Lord and my Master. And that is, he is. He's my Master, he's my Lord, he's my God. But he's also my Father. And he's also, in Christ, you know, he's my brother. And and um, the Lord's just really um, impressed that in my in my heart just the past um, few months especially. Um, and I also found that when you're, when you're, working with him instead of for him, you don't get as tired as fast. Um, you don't get as weary, and you get to see things the way he sees it. You get to see souls um, in a more uh, personal, like even if you don't know the person, if, if, you're, if you're just keeping close um, to God, you, you see the person the way God might see them, and you think about their souls, and and um, you get excited about, about telling them, and even just, you know, at the bus stop or wherever, you know, in, in the store or, or in the house or something. And, and the Lord's just given me, like, great opportunities to, to even talk to my family. Um, just uh, on Christmas Eve, I got to lead my little cousin to the Lord after um, her, father, her father had died um, the Monday before Christmas. Um, and for all we know, he was most likely unsaved. Um, but now, you know, his daughter is, and she was so excited about being saved. Just watching her, all the questions she asks, like, like just, like just so 
thrilled about everything. Everything's so new to her. She wants to do that Bible reading schedule. She, like, she's so thrilled about that. In fact, she came up to me. She goes, uh, how does this work? And I was like, well, I opened it. So January 1st, you read Genesis 1, Psalm 1, Proverbs 1. And, and she's like, she looks at the words, and she's like, how did you tell that? Because to her, it just says Gen 1, Ps 1, Prov 1. <laughs> so, I mean... And just, and just seeing the joy that she has. And I didn't tell her to tell anyone about it, but she's told her mom, she's told her family, she told her best friend. And when I came over to their house, her best friend and her came up to me. They're like, Anita, um, Karen told me what you did about how you helped her um, be saved, and I want to be saved too. And Karen's like, yeah, but Nikita has to leave at 10.30, so do you think you have time before she leaves? I'm like, yeah, I have time. I mean, that was like no no brainer there. But um, just to see um, a new baby Christian and how fervent her love is. She's only um, nine years old, and how fervent her love is and, and how everything's so new to her, you know, and, and, and how it's so thrilling. And I remember when it was that thrilling to me, when, when I learned, oh, the Holy Spirit lives inside me, or, you know, just, wow, we could never lose our salvation, and, or if, if we serve God, we get, we get a reward in heaven, like, and all these things, and now it's just like, oh, yeah, I know that, but there's just this kind of joy in a new Christian when it, when it first happens, and, and the Lord's just been working with me, you need to still have that joy, just like a new Christian has, um, just like my little cousin Karen has, you know, and how, and how thrilled and how excited she is about, about her Christian life. And so I guess um, I just um, wanted to say how God, he, he doesn't, like Pastor said this morning, he doesn't, um, he, he doesn't want just your wallet and he doesn't just want your, your service and he, he wants your heart. And the Lord's really been teaching me to give, to give me his heart and to um, and that he's with me and he wants to stay with me um, and there needs to be like a, a relationship there and so I guess um, as we start a new year you know that that's kind of what I'm hoping I'll grow in this coming year so thank you for listening stand and pay, turn to page number 377, Ellipse. Yeah. 
rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. So loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me. Turn to page 105, O Come All You Faithful. change 
quite an honor to be here tonight. I'm very thankful for the opportunity. And this this morning, this evening, I'd like to speak on the subject, Four Deaths for Life. This evening witnesses the death of the old year. Uh, if, it's, if the old year never dies, the new year will never begin. These, the passage of scripture I'd like to speak from, if you turn in your Bibles, to John chapter 12, verses 23 to 36. These words were spoken by Christ in the last week of his life as he was preparing to go to the cross. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it, and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, said that it thundered. Others said, An angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and did hide himself from them. Um, verse 23 and 24 say, The hour was come, the Son of Man should be glorified. And this death of the Savior, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. It, the, hour, the time was come that Christ was going to die. And the glory that Christ would have would be produced through his death. This fruit that he would have would be us believers, and it was only possible through his death. Without the death of Christ, we, there is no way that any man, woman, or child could ever be born again or converted. Those who were saved before his death were saved looking forward to his payment, and those after because of it. But there is no way that any of us could have our sins paid for, that Christ could be glorified, that, he, that any fruit could be produced by the Savior if he, if, he, if he lived. But through his death, he brought forth much fruit. If a corn of wheat abideth in the ground, pardon me, if it abideth by itself, it's not going to produce any fruit. But if you plant that seed, it will grow into more. And in verse 25 and 26, we have the second death. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. If we, if we want the surest way to lose our lives and to throw them away and to, to die and ha suffer eternal death, 
the surest way to suffer eternal death is to try to save our lives ourselves. If we want to if we want our lives to be saved, we need to lose them for ourselves and give them to Christ and acknowledge that we by our own efforts are powerless to save ourselves, that we really do deserve to go to hell, that that nothing we can do can earn it, that, that our own lives, if we try to hold on to it and keep it, I'm going to keep my own good works, I'm going to keep what I've done and what I can do, what I know I'm worth and, and I'm worth something, it's, you're going to lose it because it's not going to work. Only by dying to ourself will, do we have any hope of eternal life. And not only that, if we die to ourselves, it's going to produce service to God and we're going to follow God that as, our, as there's no such thing as a partial death, either you're dead to yourself or you're alive to yourself, there's no such thing as a partial service to Christ. Either, either you're dead to yourself and you're following Christ or you're alive to yourself and you're not following Christ. You can't do it part of the way. If you do it part of the way, you're really alive to yourself and you're going to lose your life in the end. If you want to keep your life in the end, you need to die to yourself and follow Christ. And if we follow Christ here on earth, we're not only going to be with him in his humiliation and his death in the, in the crucifixion, we're not only going to bear our cross, but Christ is going to have glory hereafter and we will be with him in that glory hereafter. We are the fruit that is being produced that is to the glory of Christ. And if we serve Christ, the Father will honor us in heaven. And this is only possible through our dying to ourselves. This is the second death for life. The third death for life is the death of sin produces glory to Christ. In verse 28 to 33, Father, glorify thy name is what Christ said. Pardon me. Now is verse 27. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Christ said, I'm, I'm troubled by what's going to happen. I'm troubled by the weight of sin. It's not the physical death of the cross. Many people suffered the death of the cross in Roman times. Many tens of thousands of people died physical deaths both before and after of very terrible deaths. But Christ's soul was troubled by the weight of the sin of the world that he was to bear. No one else in the history of the world has ever, has ever borne that weight. No one else could bear it. Only Christ could bear it. And that is why he said, Father, save me from this hour, but this is the cause I came into the world. If it hadn't been for the fact I was going to die on the cross, I would never have come into the world. I would never have lived upon the face of this earth and suffered the humiliation and, and the sorrow and the, 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 the things Christ suffered. He would never have suffered them on this earth if it hadn't been for the fact that he'd come to this earth to suffer on the cross to pay for our sins. And he said, Father, glorify thy name. And God the Father spoke down from heaven and he said... I have already glorified it through the miracles that have happened. I've already glorified it through the disciples I've given you. And I'm going to glorify it again through your crucifixion. I'm going to glorify it again through the fruit that you're going to bear of the salvation of us poor lost sinners was the fruit that Christ was going to bear, was the glory he was going to get because Christ's death on the cross was what killed the sting of death, which is sin, which enables us to have life. If Christ had not killed sin on the cross, if he had not been the death of sin, sin would have been the death of every single one of us and we would all deserve to go to hell and we still deserve to go to hell, but we would all be there. Our deserts would be, our, would be what we would get. Not only would we deserve it, we would get it. And this, and the people stood by and they said, oh, eh, some people said it thundered. God's voice was very majestic and they were paying so little attention, they said, oh, it's thunder. And others said, an angel spake to him, oh, someone's, 
So an angel is going to instruct Christ and tell him what's going to go on. And Jesus said, no, this voice isn't for me. This voice is for you, that you can know what's going on. And, and Jesus said, now is, the, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. I'm going to judge the world. My death on the cross is going to kill sin. It's going to enable me to judge the world. And the prince of this world is going to be cast out. The devil's not going to be able to rule over you any longer unless you choose to have the devil rule over you. God has said in the, in the book of Corinthians that uh, Christ killed the sting of death and he cast the devil out. The devil had the power over death. The devil had the power over fear. God cast him out on the cross. He killed sin. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. That doesn't mean that all men are going to be saved, but all men have the opportunity to believe on Christ. All men are drawn to that decision. Christ's death on the cross is what enables us to come to that decision and if we live on this earth, we're going to, we must, by the fact we live here, either decide to reject Christ or accept him. And that's what Christ's death on the cross did. And in verse 34, the people said, the people say, answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? What, what are you talking about? And Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have the light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed, and did hide himself from them. And here's the fourth death that brings life, is the death of our sight and our own efforts to see. Because Jesus told the Pharisees, if you say that you see, you're blind. If we think we can see, and we think that we have light on our own, we're blind and we're going to walk in the darkness and we're going to stumble because Christ was about to leave the world and if you do not become the children of light, you're going to walk around in the darkness. Those that, if we insist that we can see, I can see, my eyes are perfectly good. You can see mine aren't, I have very strong prescription. But some people might think that they can see very well and if you think you spiritually, are, you spiritually have 20-20 vision by birth, you're very sorely mistaken because you're really stumbling around in darkness and that's all there is to it. But if we'll come to Christ and believe on the light and we'll die to our own sight, we'll become the children of light and we'll be able to see because the light, which is Jesus Christ, will go with us and we will not slip and fall in the darkness, but we'll walk in the light and follow Christ. And it's the death of the Savior that alone enables us to die to ourselves and it's the death of ourselves that alone enables us to follow Christ. It's the death of sin which brings glory to God by drawing all men to Christ. It is our death to our own sight that enables us truly to be the children of light. If we could just die to ourselves, to our own efforts to see, if there's anyone here that's still trying to follow their own works to get to heaven, that thinks they can see, that, that thinks that of their own selves they can somehow save their life in this world and in the next world, I'm very sorry to tell you this. I'm not sorry to tell you this actually because it's the truth. But you're very sorely mistaken and you are on the wrong road. And if you don't turn from that road and turn and die to yourself and die to your own efforts to see, you're not going to end up at the destination you want to end up, but you're going to end up on the other way because your eyes are blinded and you're headed the opposite direction. It's like the man that a blind man following a blind dog is going to end up getting nowhere because his guide is blind. If we're following ourselves, we're going to end up nowhere. And not only do we need to follow Christ to salvation, 
But we need to realize that we don't only die to ourselves in our own efforts to save ourselves, we need to die to ourselves daily. It's the daily sacrifice of self that enables us to serve Christ. And as this year is dying and fading away, and very shortly the next year is coming on, we need to resolve to serve Christ more closely and follow us closer to Christ and every day become closer to Christ as we follow Christ along because Christ desires us to be closer to Him, to have a closer walk with Him, that we will be close to Him in this life and we will be in heaven with Him later. And if we don't, if we, if we need to view things also, we need to see things once we come to walk in the light, we need to become seeing clearer and clearer and seeing more through the light of God's Word and less through the light of ourselves because this is the only light that can guide us on the path, the only pathway that we have. And even when we're first saved, we, we see things somewhat blurred. But as we get more and more into the Word of God, the more and more clearly we can see, and that's what God desires for us for this new year, is to walk closer to Him and serving Him and following Him and to see clearer through the light of His Word and the light of His Gospel. And I pr- my prayer to God is that we will follow Christ closer in this year than we ever had before. That's my prayer for my own life. Thank you very much. It's been an honor to be here. And may all the glory go to God. Thank you. tell you, uh, it's a special night for me tonight to hear my own son stand in the pulpit and preach. I tell you, God is good. He reminded me of a story when he was talking on his last point. And uh, I tried to help him a little bit, but I didn't want to write his message for him because that's his job, not mine. Amen. But let me tell you a story. Happened on a train in England in wintertime. And, uh, of course, busy, a big snowstorm was uh, falling, and uh, the traveling was very treacherous, and, of course, the stewards and the conductors on the train were just literally on the verge of insanity trying to take care of all the passengers, trying to get everything done. And, and there was a, a weary... Uh, travel-worn woman sitting there and one of the men kind of noticed what was going on and he said, these conductors, he said, they can't take care of anything. He said, what stop are you getting off at? And she said, I'm getting off at such and such a stop. He says, I know every stop on this train. He says, you just get your rest and he said, I'll wake you up when we get to your stop and you don't have to worry uh, at all about missing your stop. I'll make sure you'll get off at your stop. And, uh, of course, the conductors were running through and everybody was doing everything. And this man knew the train schedule. He'd ridden it for years. He counted the number of stops and the train stopped. And he woke her up and he said, this is your stop. And she got off. And and, uh, on down the track a mile or two, he looked up at the conductor. He says, I did your job for you. And the conductor said, you did what? 
He said, when the train stopped the last time, he said, I put the lady off at the right place. He said, you didn't. He said, yes, I did. And he immediately ran out and got the engineer to stop the train. There had been a blockage on the track. He said, sir, you put that lady off in the middle of a field, in the middle of a blizzard. And the, unfortunately, the story does not have a happy ending. And as Peter was preaching his point about dying to our own sight, this man was responsible for the death of that woman. It was actually taken to trial and all of those things, and he was acquitted because he was acquitted on the basis of unforeseen and unusual circumstances. You know, he thought he saw everything perfectly. He was the man that was there to help this lady out. She didn't need that kind of help. Amen? And it just reminded me of that story because, you know, we want to help other people, don't we? But if we're not seeing clearly, if we our eyes aren't lit by the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the help we give is not helpful. It only hurts. Now that was just one point in the message. But we're looking out for a new year tonight. Amen? Some of us are looking forward to the food in just a few minutes. And we're looking for all the wonderful things that God wants to do through our lives. But we need to listen to this message tonight. Amen? I mean, Jesus Christ died that sin might die, that we might be free. And if we don't die ourselves... And stop thinking we know what we know. It's got to be written down, amen? If it's written down, we know it, because we're not giving our opinion, we're giving God's. And his is the only one that counts, amen? And so let's take just a few minutes tonight, and let's think about as we see the death of this year, as we welcome in the next year, are we seeing through the light that Jesus gives us? Or are we trying to see and understand what's going on by ourselves? Well, I'll tell you what, every time I think of that story, I just, what a tragedy. He thought he was doing the right thing. Put that woman in the middle of a field, in the middle of a blizzard. They couldn't get back to her in time. She had already succumbed to the elements. We need to help people, amen? If they don't get it from us, where are they going to get it? You think Oprah Winfrey's going to help anybody? Or Dr. Phil? I mean, you talk about a bunch of people that need help. They need help, amen? We got it. 
But if we're not seeing what we ought to see, we're never going to do it. We're never going to do it right. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night and we thank you for this message. We thank you for this wonderful text that's in your word. And Lord, we thank you for using Peter to preach it to us tonight. But Lord, all the preaching in the world won't help us unless the Holy Spirit of God is lighting our sight. Unless we are willing to be obedient and live this text. Lord, we're thankful that you died, that death may die, that sin may die, that we can live. Yet if we don't give up our life to you, we'll never have life. If we do not stop our perception of what we see and understand and accept yours, we're never going to see and Lord, we ask that you would dedicate us to here tonight to dying to self and seeing in the light that you give us. And before we finish that prayer, maybe you'd like to spend a few minutes at the altar and add your own prayer to that. And we'll just give a moment here. You can just step out of your seat and come if you need to come. We're not going to...